Hey there, beautiful souls! Welcome to Wellnessable, a podcast about learning. This is your friend Mickey Sachiko. Wellnessable is from the words "wellness is possible," which is something I came up with back in 2018 to push myself and others in achieving life and wellness goals. So wherever you are in your journey in achieving those goals, we are in this together, my friend. With the help of different co-hosts on each episode, we'll talk about real-life lessons you can listen to on the go and easily apply in your day-to-day lives. Let's dive into it. Introducing the best-selling Breathewell Personal Aurora Air Purifier, a cutting-edge air purifier that protects way more than ordinary mask. This ultra-light purifier can be perfectly attached to any face mask, especially. For KN95, N95, or KF94 face mask, created with medical grade HEPA filter or H13 that pass strict SGS filtration efficiency testing standards. This patented advanced Japanese technology filters out about 99% of harmful particles. Designed for maximum protection and long-term use, its battery-powered fans will help you breathe easily and comfortably without compromising your health. Plus, it's wearable anytime, anywhere. Breathe safe. Breathe clean. Breathe easy with BreatheWell. Excited that you are with Wellnessable for this quick chat about health, wellness, and everything in between that's going on in your life right now. Thank you, thank you so much for agreeing for this. <laughs> you are most welcome. Of course, it's good to support one another um, in in what we're doing. So yeah, I'm honored to be to be here. Awesome. You know what? So I was like, when MJ, our our common friend, um, mm-hmm. told me what are the things that are going to be in store for you for this year, I was like, you know. I would love to speak with her. I mean, you've been busy. You've been、uh, a mom for JP, right? So you probably have been focused more on that. But this year, I I'm guessing it's gonna be a little more of like reinventing yourself. Yeah, I think.、Um, well, I think everybody is reinventing themselves. Um, ever since the pandemic hit, right? Like we have to like be open minded to doing other things or using other platforms. So、um, at the start of the pandemic, things got a bit tough for me.、Um, there wasn't really much work back in Manila, and it was it was getting tough financially. So、um, I basically my brother invited me to come here to、um, to the Bay Area and just like start over again. So you know it's. I was sad. It wasn't something I really planned, but it was a good move on my part. You know, I took care of all my financial issues and whatever, so I can breathe again. <laughs> and、um, now it's, you know, not just having to deal with the pandemic, but it's really starting a new life here in the Bay Area. So、um, I'm trying to find that that balance. Not I don't want to like to use the word balance, but、um, I'm trying to find. You know、um, how I fit into this bigger picture because I'm starting afresh, and、um, even career-wise, I have to start over again in a sense. So I'm just,、um, you know, building my network. I'm, I'm meeting new people, and I'm asking around, asking questions that you know I may not be familiar with certain things, like how do I get a business license?、Um, 
Um, right now I'm doing a catering gig that's coming up on the 11th. And um, I partnered with um, like one of the biggest um, catering companies here in the Bay Area. Because you know, I can't cook from home. Like in the Philippines, we wouldn't be regulated um, that way. I could probably cook everything from home. And I even have my assistant back, um, back in the Philippines is also um, a chef. She went to culinary school with me. So being here, like I can't even cook in my own house. I'd have to rent a kitchen and you have to have like um, workers compensation, which is like uh, your insurance in case something happens to you or the venue. So there's all these things that I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to figure out my taxes. I haven't filed taxes um, recently and um, I have to build my credit score and I'm like, oh my God, it's so crazy. So yeah, I'm also trying to figure out my social media. Um, my Instagram account got hacked um, when I left the Philippines uh, well, before I came here. And then I'm not, I don't have access to my YouTube channel. So I'm like, what is going on? It's really oh, a lot God. of stuff. That's yeah. A yeah lot that's of another... your plate. OMG. Yeah. But you know what? Like give yourself a tap on your back because like you're strat- starting from scratch and you're doing it in the middle of pandemic and yeah. you're a mom too. I mean, those things, it's all those things together, business, being a, an entrepreneur. I can tell that because like I, I'm an entrepreneur myself as well. Mm. And like, and then you're a mom. I mean, I'm not yet a mom, but I can imagine how hard it, that can be. So I wish you all the best. And Thank you. The Thank you. Doing. And I heard that you're really into this though. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be easy. Like the chef thing. That you really well, you know, it. I'm, I'm a female, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm in my, my late forties. So that that's not a very good combination to be starting over again, especially in the culinary field where it's really like you're, you're, I mean, you have to carry heavy things. You're on your feet, like nine hours in the kitchen. And it's just, it's, it's really a man's job, but when you're really passionate about what you do, you, you, you just go for it, no matter how tired you are. So, I mean, I wish I had started this culinary thing many, many years ago. That way I would have more running years, you know, to, to, to um, build that momentum. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm telling myself that, okay, maybe I can't keep up as much as I used to 10 years ago. But that's where, that's where I'm trying to reinvent myself. I'm trying to figure out, okay, how um, is um, social media is uh, doing another vlog? Is that, is it a more viable approach to my you know, um, merging my connection, my uh, passions and my, uh, my platform. So yeah, I'm just trying to still figure that all out. But the good thing is that because I don't have any financial constraints anymore, <laughs> um, there's room for me to breathe and to be creative again. Cause you know, when you're going through financial turmoil, like you cannot think straight, you're just constantly bogged down by the fact, like, how am I going to pay my bills and, and everything? So Thanks to my family, being at home with my family during the pandemic has been really good. Like, I've never been this relaxed in such a long time. As a matter of fact, we'll talk about this later, but I've lost some weight because of the omission of stress. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, that's good also on you. You know what? You kind of reminded me of a film when you were telling me about the story there. Uh, It's called Burnt. You know, uh, Bradley Cooper, it's a film where he was a chef and he was like struggling at first and then he got his Michelin star. Oops. Is that, this, is uh, that the, with Catherine Zeta-Jones? Um, no, but 
Bradley Cooper was in, I think, was in London. He has his restaurant there. Initially, it was just, you know, solo. Yeah, yeah no, I see, I've seen Bert. I can't just remember. I can't, I just can't remember who he was with in that movie. Oh, you've seen it. That's good. I forgot yeah, yeah, the name of course. the lady, though. Chef film. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name of the lady. I just remember the guy. But yeah, I mean, well, good luck on your journey. I know I mean, everything's hard at first, right? I mean, when I was starting to, it was hard. Mm. And even now, during the pandemic, I mean, that's our, all of us, that's our common denominator yeah. right now. We just have to really cope with it, find how we can reinvent things and how we can. Yeah. So. I'm glad that you can now have more breather to be more creative. And speaking yeah. of breather, how are you balancing things right now? Like, you know, juggling all those things together. Like, how do you find balance in your life right now? You know, I was, I was watching um, like a, another interview a couple of days ago. And, you know, I've, I've always um, kind of been uh, hesitant to use the word balance just because, I mean, when you, when you technically use the word balance, like, what does that really mean? especially in my field, like where the nature of my job is, is to one day be, be a chef. And then I wear another hat. I'm a, I'm a celebrity. And then I, I do vlog guestings or let's say, and then the other hat, uh, I put on so many different hats and I, and I'm, t- I'm referring to my, my profession. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about like being a mom and a, that that's on top of the, all of that. But I mean, I don't think you can really balance. I think um, the, when I was watching this interview, a um, good friend of mine used the word rhythm. And I was like, you know, that makes a lot more sense to find your rhythm in whatever it is that you're doing. So, you know, I may only be able to commit to 10% of my time to this project at this time. But as long as you, you get your rhythm there and then, you know, you like right now I'm doing... I have a catering gig coming up. I have a job offer that I'm supposed to be working on right now. I'm fixing my resume. I'm trying to see if there's, you know, other options there. So like, how do you balance? I mean, when you say balance, it's almost like the, the weighing scale, right? The, the manual um, scale where it's supposed to be equal parts, right? Well, that doesn't really, you know, it's not, it doesn't really um, equate to how we do it in real life. So I think finding your rhythm sounds like something that is more comforting to me, right? I, especially in the nature of my job. I mean, if it was somebody who had a nine to five job and had a regular rhythm every day, my job is, <laughs> it's all over the place. You know what? Yeah. I am so glad that you put that kind of perspective out there mm-hmm. because it made me realize I also read somewhere it's harder to reach like work-life balance but it's easier to do like work-life integration which is kind of like mm, integration yeah. kind of resonates to what you have just basically explained makes me think okay well, okay you know, I, I before I came back to the states um, I started um, doing corporate speaking events right? That, I dabbled in that for a while. And one of the talks that I did a lot that I was requested to do a lot was work-life balance. I did this like demonstration in front of everybody where, you know, you have like um, a glass full of golf balls, and then you have like a glass full of pebbles, and then a glass full of sand. And then you have a jar. Okay, so there's um, empty jar or glass jar. And then you have these three, or maybe it could be four different things. So I ask the audience, uh, somebody to participate, and I say, okay, um, what is the best way to fit all of these items into this one jar? People have different answers and stuff, and there's really only one answer. The one answer is that you, you fit um, 
all the big items first, then the smaller items, and then the smallest go in last because the smallest you put, imagine it, right? Yeah. The glass bowl, and then you put in the golf balls, and then you put in the pebbles. And the smallest items is what fills in the gaps. Yes. So um, the analogy there is that, you know, the golf balls or the bigger items are your priorities in life. So, you know, you try to, you focus on those first, getting the priorities done. And then the second priority would be next. And then the, the little things, if you, when you have the time, then you, then you fill them into the, the, the bowl of life. <laughs> so I like that, that analogy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, I think it makes a lot of sense. But again, it's like, how do you translate that into real life? And I think that for me, especially, I'm a perfectionist. I'm always like, I have like a lot of checklists. And in my bedroom, I have post-its everywhere. Like it's their reminders for me that I got to do this. And if I, if I keep, if I really think about it, if I'm being honest, um, being so obsessive compulsive about perfection and getting everything done um, adds a lot of stress. Just, but the idea of saying finding your rhythm gives me comfort for some reason. It makes me feel a little bit better that, you know, there's only 24 hours in a day. And when I think about all the priorities, if I, if I focus too much on all the big priorities I need to get done, sometimes you just, you can't, there's no, it's impossible. So when I think rhythm, I think, okay, I can do this much. And then maybe a little bit of this, that's as much as I can get done in a day. Okay. That's, that's my best, right? As long as you plan it out and then you do your best, then you're fine. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does make sense. And I like, uh, like I said, the analogy was like, I think a lot of people can easily use that to apply it during these times where in everything's just whoa like you don't know yeah. which one which one do I do first now they have this thing that they can follow on what are your values and your priorities work on mm. those and then whatever gaps you need to fill in if you have time squeeze in and you know but I I, I, I see your point that for multi-passionate like you and mm-hmm. um, I can relate because I, I consider myself being multi-passionate as well sometimes it adds stress if you're like you know like some someone wants to get a lot of things done Mm-hmm. You do post it. I actually do a lot of like on my phone reminders. Like I have hour by hour, like do this, do that, do that. Yeah. So sometimes it's overwhelming. So I have to like, you know, stop doing that for, for a bit. So well, the, um, I, yeah. I took up a, a financial course before about like, you know, how to manage your budgets and stuff. And it was saying that, you know, um, when you list down all of your bills, right, you start with your biggest debts first and then you go down to your smallest debts. Basically, it was saying, uh, pay off all your smallest debts first. So then you can check it off the list and then the wheel or whatever your list gets smaller and you see it diminish, right? So it's kind of like that with the things that we have to do in life, right? Um, although I was saying focus on the, the important things first, but if, there, if there's something, if there's little things that you need to tick off your list, if you can do it right then and there quickly, get it over with. Um, I love taking my post-it and ripping it or like, let's say on my screen, you know, my, yeah, it feels good. Like, okay, finally, I got that out of the way. So, uh, but, but I think having a vision uh, or a vision board, um, MJ is all about vision boards. And I'm like, I'm totally with him on that. But in a transitional phase in your life, and you're, you're not even sure, like, where this is going to go. Sometimes you have to take a step back and go, okay, uh, let me acknowledge that, you know, at this point in my life, I can't control everything, right? Because if you're a perfectionist, and if you're very organized, like I am, like I am obsessive compulsive about cleanliness, organization, fixing my life, my schedule, everything is like, you know, my, you look at my closet, everything is black, 
and then lighter colors and then white and then jeans. It's like everything has to be compartmentalized, right? So, so sometimes you have to learn to know when you need to take a back seat and go just, okay, I have no control over this right now. Let me take a step back and enjoy the process. Remind yourself to enjoy the process. Otherwise, what's the point of life, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because last night I was just posting on, I posted on my status, like enjoy the journey. That is the reward. Mm. Exactly yeah. what you said. Well, I like that. And I, speaking of like, you know, like enjoying things, um, like how do you like do certain routines and like, if you have any habits that you would love, wellness routines specifically that you'd love to share that mm. helps you well, deal so with this crazy times. <laughs> Well, um, I believe that wellness is holistic, obviously. Um, I believe that, you know, we have our, um, it's like a Venn diagram, right? The three circles, body, mind, soul, but in the middle, which is all interconnected is the spirit. And that's, that's my personal belief. And I think that, you know, in order to be well, you need to be well in, in all areas, right? So, I mean, you could be financially wealthy and that would bring you peace. But then if you're, if you're, if there's something wrong with your body physically, that's going to bring you stress, right? So I think it's really important to, to emphasize the holistic aspect of it, because I think that, like I said earlier, I'm so like organized and I like, sometimes I stress out and I like, sometimes I want to take everything into my own hands, but then I have to take a step back and then I have to say, okay, God, today, I'm just going to like cast my cares and my, and my worries upon you. I give it to you. Please give me your discernment. Give me something, you know, how, where do you want me to go? Cause sometimes what we want is not what God wants. And when you're resisting, you take the longer route, you know, you don't get from point A to B, you have to go like all the way down before you can get back up when it could have been a straight line. So sometimes when I'm overwhelmed, and it just feels like things are not going my way, I just, you know, take a moment and I say, okay, uh, God, uh, is this what you want? Because if, if this is not what you want, then I'll let it go. Um, and that could be from anything to as big as a major decision in your life to something really small. And then on that, uh, you know, that's the like, I guess, mental, spiritual side of it. Um, to me, um, I think that finding inspiration in life and, and taking a step back to look at the bigger picture, I call it the kingdom mentality. You know, like we see things with the physical eye and we, you know, we can stress out about the pandemic and whatnot. But when you go back to the, the spiritual aspect, you know, you think, okay, God, what is, the, what, is the, what is the heavenly perspective or kingdom perspective on what's happening right now? And it changes your, you know, it t- changes the lens a bit. It makes you go, okay, let's reflect. Maybe God is allowing this to happen in my life because he's teaching me patience. He's teaching me wisdom through the circumstance, whatever, whatever it is, then it refreshes you. It makes you, it makes you take a step back and go, okay, let me change uh, Let me change my perspective of this situation from a negative to a positive. Um, so that's, that's something that's uh, really important to me when I'm, when I'm going through, you know, stress and whatever. And the other thing is lately I've been like um, doing IF intermittent fasting. Oh. So yeah. So <laughs> the beginning of the year, uh, it was like the second week of January. Um, well, back home in the Philippines, there's this church that I attend regularly and a lot of, uh, Christian churches, they, they, um, they do like a corporate fast. So I always join that every year and you know, they're, it's, it's not 
strict. It's not like, oh, you can't eat anything. You can really choose what you want. You can skip a meal. You can actually fast television or social media, whatever it is you want to do. But I always challenge myself to just do liquid every, every year. And it's, I've, I've gotten better and better at fasting um, to the point where, of course, in a sense, you dread it. You go, shucks, I hate the feeling of hunger, right? Like, especially being a chef, I'm thinking about food. I think about food all day long and I'm like, (laughs) I want that right now. But, um, but in the beginning, it's a little bit hard. And then you just end up drinking a lot of water or hot tea or something. And um, you'll notice that you gain more control, you build up a better, uh, stronger resistance, and to be able to say no to the things that you would normally say yes to. So like, let's say after a meal, you have to have a sweet, have something sweet, like little by little, you're like, oh, I can say no to that. Actually, there's an alternative. So I was able to control my, um, the choices of food that I would eat. And then I continued on after the uh, five days of um, liquid fasting, I decided to continue and I started skipping dinners. So like around four o'clock in the afternoon onward, I try not to eat anything. If I'm really hungry, um, I'll eat something healthy like sugar snap peas or sinkamas with uh, suka or like maybe, maybe a few grapes or, or whatever it is, something like really, really healthy. And so I'm still like really, really hungry at night. I'm like, shucks, I wish I wish I had a burger right now. <laughs> but then but then I sleep it off and then I wake up in the morning and I'm actually not hungry. When I eat a dinner, uh, like a heavy dinner, I'm really hungry in the morning. If I skip dinners, I wake up in the morning and like it's almost noon and I'm like, shucks, I'm not even hungry. So yeah, so lately I've not been eating a lot. And then my brother is always like eat two egg whites or three egg whites every morning. So sometimes I eat like one whole egg and then two egg whites or, you know, I kind of switch it up here and there. And then when lunch comes, I'm not that hungry. So I eat a little bit and then that's it. Then, then I, then I eat a little snack or something. And then, so I've lost quite a lot already. I think I lost maybe 13 pounds already. 13 pounds. And that was just yeah. second week of January when you started yeah. that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. I know that I have not seen that happen <laughs> in like years, not even a single pound. So yeah, I, I'm feeling really good about myself. I feel, I'm like so proud of myself and I'm not extra exercising I'm, I'm still eating like I just had chocolate before we started <laughs> a little bit a little bit so yeah yourself. yeah so yeah I think uh, and then my brother he's a he's a gym buff so I told him let me finish my catering gig first and then I'll start working out with you again but um I've been, I stopped working out since I started fasting just to like you know just I want to enjoy the process I don't want to like force myself to do so many things at once I just want to like have fun like or like go, enjoy the process basically yeah absolutely I agree with that do you have like certain word or like because because normally people who like involved in some diets or certain methods of losing weight like they have this like philosophy or mantras that they tell themselves whenever you know they they're kind of gonna about to get sidetracked you know do you have anything that you tell yourself because you were talking about positive mindset earlier so I thought you might have one (laughs) not really I just like I don't know I just keep telling myself I'm proud of you I say that to myself like hey I'm proud of you I'm proud of you And then even if like, let's say I was really hungry. So I tried a few grapes and then they were like sour. So then I was like, but I'm still hungry. Oh, I'll have a few chocolate chips. Like I was supposed to make cookies today. (laughs) 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 Not for me, for my sister-in-law, because she's pregnant. Okay, maybe for me too. But the point (laughs) is, (laughs) so I took a few 
of them in a handful and then I eat them. So I'm like, I'm proud of myself. It's, it's, I could have not eaten them, but like, you know, considering that I am not eating big dinner or dinners anymore. Well, well, at this point in time, I'm quite happy. I'm proud that I lost 13 pounds. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that kind of like, like positive affirmation. I mean, even though it's not something that maybe you consider as a one, but it sounds mm-hmm. like it is, right? I'm like, having I'm fun. I guess, I guess that's why it's effective for me because I don't find dieting effective for me. Like, let's say, um, stay away from carbs or stay or only, you know, this or, you know, only eat vegetables. I find myself craving that more. That's, that's, I guess my, the way I work the other way around. Yeah. So I like um, intermittent fasting in that you just eliminate whatever um, possibilities of combinations of food. You just like, basically I shut off. I have to shut off my mind, like stop daydreaming about what you're going to eat, just turn it off. And then I just drink every time I'm hungry, I drink a lot of water. And then I just keep telling myself, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You can have what you want tomorrow. And then, so then tomorrow comes and I'm just like, oh, I can eat anything I want. But then (laughs) my stomach is not like, you know, I'm I'm not really like, um, starving so it's I think it's working for me I like it that's awesome yeah well I mean like you have walked us through about you know how your your professional life right now and a bit about you your wellness uh story there I'm wondering like uh what are the other things that you know are you gonna be involved with in the coming months anything that we should be looking forward to besides you know the chef thing I know you're pretty busy with that you're gonna get you got your hands full pretty soon with your gig and job offer and all that but like in other aspects that you're passionate about I don't know like the acting or whatnot like I heard that you were gonna get Angie just told me this I'm not sure if I should yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he said that you might getting uh, an application for like an audition in Hollywood is that something that you're gonna be pursuing this 2021 yeah well um you know my my mom um, has always wanted me to just move back to the U.S. and go to Hollywood. That's always been like her dream. So um, there's a lot of pressure when you think about that because, you know, I grew up in the Philippines and I know the Philippine entertainment industry, that's my comfort zone. Um, I know everybody there. I'm friends with everyone. Um, There's just a lot of love there. And I don't like the competitiveness. I don't like, I've never really had to audition for anything before. And if I've had to, it wasn't like I was competing with another actress or something like that. So, you know, um, I guess maybe there's a part of me that's resisting that. But if an opportunity comes up, I I would love to do it. Because I I know, (laughs) I I I always joke about this, but this is like very serious. Because of all the things that I've been through in with my love life and, you know, like having gone through divorce or whatever, and like I've gone through so much pain that I'm, I think, and I know that I'm like the best actress now. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. So, I am so best actress now <laughs> because I understand like so many varying levels of pain and anguish and heartbreak. And I, you know, before, before all of that happened, I would say that I sucked <laughs> at acting <laughs> I think I was like, I was, I was always resist, resisting like heavy drama roles. I've done a few, but I kind of resisted those because I always went along the lines of comedy and entertainment. Uh, surprisingly, right? Um, I'm not really a comedian, but uh, comedy and entertainment has always been my, my, I don't know, I can't say my passion. Just embrace you, those, those genres. Yeah. Yeah, so like hosting, you know, time. being fun yeah. and and all that. But um, yeah, ever since I went through my my breakup, this last one, I mean, wow. I'm like, 
I'm ready for any role. Give me any role. I can do it. Cause I know all those layers of pain, bitterness, resentment, rejection and, and stuff, but don't worry. I'm not psychotic. <laughs> She's like, um, I think I want to end this call now. I'm just teasing you. Um, but yeah, I was wondering like, you know, because obviously, like, all of us have experienced pain. It's just, I mean, like, it's part of life. Like, I think it's just a matter of, like, how you positioned yourself and now you can actually transform that for, for a potential um, acting role. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wanted to just, you know, just to wrap things up with, like, a very interesting question because I, I always ask my audience, like, what what are the health issues that, you know, you want to get perspective from, from not, like, a health professional, not a doctor, but from oh, a real person? Wow. Um, I wanted to ask you, being a mom, like, when you are, you know, be, you know before you gave birth to JP, like, did you experience mm-hmm. any post-Martin uh, depression? Because that was one of the mm-hmm. questions I always get from my audience. Can you, is, um, is that okay to share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think I was really depressed, but there was a point where I was crying a lot. Um, and then like, you know, when I backtrack, I'm like, hmm, that could have been postpartum. Like, uh, because I was happy. I mean, I was happily married and I was like, it was nostalgic to finally have a child. And, but I noticed that because I had even then um, in a regular schedule, even when I was taking a break, I was doing so many things. I was like going to all these like going out of the house. And so my feeding was irregular. And you know, when you're, when you're breastfeeding and it's irregular, like you're not doing it on a regular schedule that messes with your cycle and your rhythm and your hormones. So um, yeah. And then, you know, when that happens and the child, the baby's not feeding properly, there's other things that happen, right? Like they tend to bite because they're like not getting the flow and then you can get cuts and then it bleeds and then it cracks. And it's like, eh. So um, I had a really difficult time. I didn't even have any complications throughout my pregnancy and giving birth. It was the breastfeeding that was like dreaded. Like I never, ever want to breastfeed again. Like I won't anyway. So um, yeah. So why am I laughing at that? Uh, That's actually one of the reasons why I never followed up with another one. I was like, I can't handle the breastfeeding part of it. Uh, But I cried a lot. I remember crying a lot and I gave up at seven and a half months. And I remember punching something and I cried and I said, I I just can't do this anymore. And then I was okay after that. But I also went through a situation where I broke my wrist um, when my son was, I think, three and a half months old. So I had to be like on medication um, cause I had surgery and then, uh, that was like messing with the flow as well. So yeah, that was, that was a bad time. Um, whether it's postpartum depression or depression, I, I can actually speak more for the depression that I went through when I went through a breakup that I was, I think more or less, it was about three and a half years of me struggling with depression because the person that I married was the best friend of my brother since we were kids. And I was so careful about who I was going to marry. I wanted to make sure I didn't make any mistakes. And, you know, cause my parents also divorced. So I was like, I'm never going to let that happen happen. And I tried to do everything the right way. That's another long story. But in the end, my marriage ended. So I feel like for a long time, my identity was in like, I painted this picture of what my identity should be. And because it wasn't going as planned, I lost my identity. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. like this 
not that I was perfect or anything, obviously nobody is, but like I wanted to be as perfect as I could be uh, considering the circumstances and everything. And then, you know, I, I blamed myself for a long time. So um, pieces of advice that I want to give. Number one, when someone is going through depression, please listen to this. Okay. Never give somebody advice when they're going through depression unless they ask for it. Please. It's like that person who is in depression is in a black hole. They're like hiding in a hole and they're not ready to come out yet. And sometimes people, um, of course, with out of the goodness of their hearts, want to help them come out. They're like, get snap out of it, get out of it. And they're trying to pull them out of that black hole. But the best thing that you can do for a person who's going through depression is to crawl into the hole with them, make them feel that you're not trying to pull them out, that you're just there for them regardless. One of my best friends um, back home in the Philippines, when she knew I was going through depression, she would come to my house every now and then she'd make me soup, just drop it off, give me a hug. I'd cry. We wouldn't even say anything to each other. And then she'd leave. Or she'd say, you know, my husband and I are going to go watch a movie. Come join us. And I was always the third wheel. And I would, of course, I'd feel sad because like, here's this perfect couple, right? And, and I'm, I'm always going on dates with them. And they're holding hands. They're sweet. It makes me like feel like, oh, I'm missing out on something. But at the same time, there was, there was a lot of comfort and healing in that process. Just knowing that these two people who could be on their own solo date, <laughs> right, would actually tag me along because they love me, regardless if I'm in a bad mood or I don't talk or I, I just sometimes I'm just like quiet and like they're we're just there and they just refer back to me every now and then and just knowing that I had support. So that's really important. And um, yeah, just don't judge someone who's going through depression because you really don't know what they're going through. So there, it took me three and a half years and um, it was, I kept to an inner circle of friends. I, I mean, I have, a, I have a lot of friends, obviously, but I selected the voices that I would listen to when I was going through my darkest hours, because when you tend to, when you listen to so many voices, they, they tend to all conflict with each other. So that will, that can, can confuse you. So make sure that the voices that you're listening to are not just sincere, but grounded on a foundation. And what I mean by that is for me, it was my faith. If what my friend said to me or a piece of advice that was given to me was not based on what I believe in, my faith, if it wasn't um, coinciding or like uh, um, backing it up, then I wouldn't really follow that. So yeah, I believe there are sincere people, but sometimes sincere people can be sincerely wrong. <laughs> So, so there, and I, I think those are the top things that really helped me get out of depression. So yeah, and wow, now I'm a great actress. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you always tell this to yourself, but let me tell it to you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Yay. That is, I was like, wow, I, I get a lot of anxiety, um, you know, when I do new things, try new things. And I'm super happy that because of the pandemic, I guess because of the shared you know, experiences, suddenly a lot of people open and opened up about, you know, their mental health, which is a pretty yeah. good thing because we're removing the stigma out of it. I mean, mm -hmm. I really like it when people share about, you know, not just, oh, my, my muscles, you know, aching because I worked out. But at the same time, you know, if your mental health is also aching, feel free to share that. That's, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Everyone in a while, sometimes we 
you know, it's our wellness journey. I always, I always say it's nonlinear. Sometimes we get hit with mental problems. So thank yeah. you so much. I'm, I'm honored that you shared that for this, um, you know, short video interview. Super <laughs> grateful for that. Any last message? Um, you know, I mean, I'm happy with everything that you've shared. I'm sure the, the audience have picked up so many, but um, any, any last thing you'd want to say? You know, there's always going to be problems in life, but surround yourself with people that love you and you're going to be fine because we all have, we're all on our own journeys and we're all hit by the pandemic and we're always going to be hit through with um, trials in life. But like right now, I mean, what was potentially one of the most disastrous things that happened to me, right? Having to leave the Philippines and my home and sell everything. I mean, it was, it was sad and it happened so fast. I mean, I thought what matters most, what matters most is being around the ones who love me. And, you know, it was, I made the, I know I made the right decision now, you know, of course I'm staying with my brother for now. Um, and there's potentials out there. So I'm, I'm working on that. But meanwhile, I know I have breathing room and every day, all we do is laugh and joke. And I'm so happy right now. Um, here's, I've, I've mentioned this in a couple of interviews in the past. And I, I say that one of my favorite verses is um, from Romans 8.28. And it says, and God is able to turn everything around for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I love that verse so much because whatever was meant for evil, meaning, you know, the enemy or, you know, he wanted to take away everything from me. And but I allowed God to turn that around for me. And I said, Okay, God, what are you teaching me in this? He actually allowed me to come back to the States be with my family. I've been spending a lot of time with family. I have okay, what people don't understand is that I grew up without with my family. So when Mount Pinatubo erupted in 1991, my family evacuated and I grew up in the Philippines on my own. So um, I'm now because of the pandemic, what I thought was a bad thing turned out to be a good thing for me because now I'm spending all this time with family. And my family's actually reciprocating like I used to always give to them like financial or whatever and love and now I'm getting all the attention. I'm actually being babied right now. And oh. I haven't felt, yeah, I haven't felt like I've been spoiled this much in such a long time. So it's been good. And, you know, I just want to say to all those who are watching right now that if you, if you feel alone, or if you're, if you're going through financial turmoil as well, um, just, you know, give it to God first. And just remember that just be around family, be around the people who truly love you, and you will, you will get through this together. Because I know, me being here is a blessing, but I know I'm also blessing my family. So I'm, I'm being a tutor to my little nephew. He's four. Um, I taught him how to read and write in two months. It's been two months. And he smothers with me with kisses like 50 million times a day. And so my, I know, right. He's the cutest thing ever. And um, all I do every, the whole day long is laugh with my brother and my sister-in-law and my son. And I'm just like, <gasps> I never expected that this would be so great. So give it to God and, you know, allow God to move on your behalf. You know, try not to be in control. I see I'm a control freak. So, 
you know, for someone like me to say, give it to God, it, it comes from a very <laughs> sincere place of saying, you know, I know it's hard to do, but yeah, it'll turn out for the better. Wow. What can I say? I, I love your journey. So many things that I didn't even know. Thank you so much, Danita. You're welcome, I, Mickey. Yeah, I sincerely wish you all the best in all the things that you're going to be doing this year. It sounds really exciting for me. So I'll be definitely will be following on that <laughs> and watching right. from here. Well, so. I'm here for you. Um, If you ever need me for, um, you know, to support you and what you're doing. Um, yeah, I'm here for you. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> appreciate your time. And yeah, take care of you and your family. All right. God bless you, everyone. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening. Stay strong, stay healthy. And please share this episode to your loved ones and friends. And check the links in the show notes or description of this episode. Remember, wellness is possible while well messable.